0: Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Hi, I'm Neil Driscoll. A few weeks ago I caught up with Trevor Joyce of Mariner Boating Holidays and uh, we had a chat and put together this episode for you to give you some insights to Think about before going on guided sailing holidays, particularly with a focus for those of you coming from Australia to the the Mediterranean. So, I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hi there, welcome back and welcome to uh, Trevor from Mariner Boating Holidays. Thanks for joining us today, mate. Nice to be here. That's good. It's um and uh, so Trevor, you've been running Mariner for you know over thirty five years now, um. And we've just got you here to pick your brain. Some thoughts for uh, people thinking about doing, um, you know, holidays that are either sailing in company or what we call a hosted trip. So um, we're going to dive in, mainly focusing on the MAD today. I think we will. So, we don't, mm. you know, we keep it super relevant for the Aussies. Um, so food for thought. So let's start with the boat. Someone's researching a holiday. What What sort of stuff should they... Think about ask about with boats
1: well there's a lot of things to know about particular boats and the best way to get that information frankly is to talk to somebody here a broker yeah who knows the boat and the operator
0: okay and um, i mean in terms of questions what sort of things would they well ask?
1: the thing they need to know is that the operator is in fact the guy responsible for the boat and c- can make decisions on his own about what needs to be done and when and by whom, and he's got the money to do it.
0: Okay, um, and, um, and in terms of the year, you know, they often say the year of a boat. Uh, with, in charter setup, up, what, what would you say the standard life cycle of a boat should be?
1: Well, five years is as far as we go. Okay. Um, five years is 30 weeks per year yeah. on average, which is about five times standard private usage.
0: usage. Yeah. Okay. So we were almost like, we were like boat years and dog years. Okay. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about the security deposit. You know, these boats are often very valuable. It can be quite an intimidating thing. Uh, the two main ways they're structured. Do you want to just explain it for people?
1: Yeah, very simply there is the option to do a totally refundable security deposit. Normally, in the order of 5,000 euros, euros, or you can reduce the amount of the security deposit by converting part of it to a non-refundable deposit, which reduces the liability and um, makes it less onerous, of course, because having 5,000 euros on your visa account may not work.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've done both. I certainly have found it a lot less stressful you know, it might be six or eight of us on the boat, you divide that 750 by the people on board and it's not really, doesn't really turn the dial and then you can just forget about it to a degree. It's, it's not a bad option, is it? No. All right, well, look, thank you for raising that. Let's get into timing, uh, again, looking at the med. What are your favourite times of the year to be there?
1: Well, May, June and September, beginning of October are far and away the, the best. Yeah. July and August are terrific, but it's peak season. Okay. It's the hottest, uh, the windiest, uh, the busiest, the most expensive, um, and in each of the main theatres, the particular wind that they have can be pretty savage. Cool. Called Mistral, normally.
0: Yep. Um, so you get into the fringes, do you have to worry about the restaurants and things being open though? Or?
1: Well, the restaurants uh, in the mid generally open at Easter in April because of the other reasons. But uh, they close in October, so it's a pretty long season. Yeah. Uh, but they're much more relaxed when they're not flat out yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay. You make contact, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. you can actually get to know them a bit. Yeah. Um, Alright, well let's keep going then to the time on the boat. I mean, we've discussed <laughs> in the warm-up, didn't we, the idea of making time for the boat in between the Coliseum and the Eiffel Tower and the grandchildren and all the other pressures once you're over there. Um, I think we both like the idea of making like 10 days, two weeks if you can. Let's look at that. I mean, what are the benefits of doing a bit more time on board that you you see?
1: Well, the Mediterranean industry won't do split weeks unless you pay for the second week. So it's either one or two or or more. Uh, Two means you've got 13 nights on the, 14 nights on the boat, but you get 13 days or a week is six days and seven nights and you're no sooner on the boat than you're off again but it predetermines the locality that you can go to if you've only got a week and a lot of people only have a week then you've got to make sure you go to a place that fits that time frame yeah you don't you don't want to be going 30 40 50 miles before you say jack robinson and the next thing you've got to come 60 miles back again yeah on the day before you get off the boat.
0: No, that does make a lot of sense. So local knowledge, I can often think of this as an investment. Um, With the kind of thing that you guys do, you know, the sailing company, you might have someone there as a leader or even on the boat. What are the big benefits of that when you get there opposed to just doing all your own research and things?
1: Well, you have access to the local knowledge on a continuous basis. Yep. So it's not structured. She or He will do a briefing, for example, before every sailing leg. Yep. Uh, They will talk about where to go, who to see, how much to pay. If you want to book a tour on the land, it's just a question of getting best utilization for the time that you have, which isn't very much normally.
0: Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, And even just as simple as restaurants, I mean, you can it's so difficult to know sometimes but taking the stress out of those kind of things is um it's definitely worth giving consideration to you know I, I I certainly have found you know one pickle I've, I've experienced is that you have someone that's very experienced or a very keen researcher but might not have a lot of knowledge about um, the fact that a boat, you know, a sixty-mile trip would be huge. And you say, oh, I found this restaurant on this island. Can we go there for lunch? And say, well, yeah, we can, but not for another four days. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of just factoring that in. You know, you might have someone that's keen on understanding, but you know, maybe enroll them in an essential nav or something, and just let them understand a little bit about passage. People
1: have to have a, a, an appreciation of how far they can afford to go. And we say, for example, in two weeks, a hundred and fifty miles is getting near the max yeah total yeah people go sailing here for 150 miles and don't even think twice about it yeah but it's a different ball game over there
0: yeah um and um then the next part that i was just thinking about is what the extras i mean it's classic you you see you look at two different countries and the price seems different until you realize that one everything was included and one nothing is uh what are the things that might be surprising that are an extra for people
1: well sometimes for example on the boat the dinghy will be extra yeah because some people don't want them uh, sometimes uh, the dinghy has to be there as part of the life-saving gear yeah uh, the outboard engine can be an extra if you're on a two-week charter you might not get linen for the second week without paying an extra amount uh, VAT might not, might not be included and uh, so if you're comparing two proposals, you've just got to be sure it's apples and apples.
0: Yeah, okay, awesome. Um, and um, look, I think that's been really helpful, mate. So thank you. Uh, the last thing I was going to mention was just, you know, being aware of, you know, from the qualification point of view, most places in the med now do require qualifications. So absolutely, if, And absolutely. I think we both said, something, you know, there there is no, it doesn't matter anymore if you've done even, 25,000 hobarts you still either have to have the relevant certification for where you're going or you have to hire a skipper um so and obviously here we can help with that and you can help with holiday but um uh it's just there is no you know there is no middle ground on that anymore is there
1: the only way i would rationalize that is try hiring a car anywhere in the world without a license
0: it's in. that simple. And, and, and likewise, we can all go and speak to our grandparents and they can tell you a story about doing it in the 70s. But we're not in the 70s anymore.
1: No, so, correct. Um, Absolutely.
0: Well, mate, look, thanks very much for joining us. My that pleasure. was really helpful. Cheers.